And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Wonderlings, Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. Well, I thought in honor of today being the first day of summer, why not do Season 6, Episode 21, entitled Summer, because it's June 21st, and this episode is from Season 6, and this is Episode 21, so it really fits. This episode aired on May 12, 1993. After a fight with his dad, Kevin drives off to the summer resort where Winnie is working to get a job and try to make it on his own. Only Winnie does not seem all that happy to see him. So, yikes. Before we get into this episode, um, I just want to let you guys know if you are new to the podcast or you've been listening for a while, if... You could, if you want to, uh, rate and review the podcast. You can go to iTunes and go to search podcasts for Looking Back on My Wonder Years and Wonder Years Podcast and leave a nice little review. Every review that this podcast gets helps make it that much more popular. Um, Also, if you're new to the podcast and you'd like to follow the podcast, there are a couple ways you can do that. You can go to... Instagram and go to LBOM Wonder Years Pod, or you can go to Facebook and follow the Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years face, uh, podcast Facebook page. If you'd like to reach out to the podcast personally, you can do that by sending an email to LBOM Wonder Years Podcast at gmail.com. Now, before we jump into this episode, I want to do the quote for this episode. Alright, this episode, of course, is from Kevin, the narrator, adult Kevin. I guess things never turn out exactly the way you planned. I know they didn't with me. Still, like my dad used to say, traffic's traffic. You go where life takes you. I remember a time, a place, a particular 4th of July. The things I saw in that decade of war and change. I remember how it was growing up among people and places I loved. Most of all, I remember how it was to leave. I love how his quotes are always, a lot of them are so very, very memorable and just speak of the time, you know, that time of adolescence and just changing and growing up and facing things and just especially towards the end of the series and everything like that and just because I'm doing this episode and then, of course, the series finale, which this this is kind of like a two-part series finale. You have summer and then you have, of course, Independence Day, which I will be doing on the 4th of July in honor of Independence Day. That does not mean the podcast is coming to an end. You know I'm still in Season 5. A new episode of Season 5 is coming out this Friday in titled Double Double Date. Winnie and Kevin are finally getting back together. It's going to be amazing. Um, There are also episodes from, I believe, season three and four that I haven't gotten to, which I will get to before the series finally does come to, the podcast comes to an end in November, right around Thanksgiving time. So be on the lookout for those episodes. Now I have the booklet in front of me. It says, Kevin... This is the summary. Kevin chases after Winnie, who has taken a summer job as a lifeguard at an out-of-town country club. 
Wendy knows how to swim? Well, I'm sure she must. I mean, she was at the, the community pool back in uh, season four, so she must know how to swim. Featured songs on this episode, we have Summertime Blues by Eddie Cochran and Sealed with a Kiss by Brian Hyland. All right. All right, now we can dive in, guys and gals. Get comfy. It's going to be a nice long ride. So the episode opens up on a 4th of July parade. You see the banner and everything. It's in black and white, but then as Kevin's narration continues, it turns to color, so he's basically talking about, uh, even though it's adult Kevin narrating, looking back on this particular 4th of July in the show, it's actually kind of present day for, for him. So, I'm going to play this clip with the narration. It is so beautiful and it just suits it well. I guess things never turn out exactly the way you planned. I know they didn't with me. <laughs> Still, like my dad used to say, Traffic's traffic. You go where life takes you. I remember a time, a place, a particular 4th of July. The things I saw in that decade of war and change. I remember how it was, growing up, among people and places I loved. Most of all, I remember how it was to leave. So we get some uh, shots of people on the beach, people backpacking, people on motorcycles. It's summertime, just basically people just getting it out in the sun and just enjoying life. Now we head to, in season six, which we'll get to when we get to that, is Jack's furniture uh, place, his uh, furniture workshop. Factory, whatever you want. These are really, really not. I like what he's building. Chairs, uh, bureau, uh, uh, bureaus, you know, other, just a lot of different types of furniture. It's a furniture factory, Kevin tells us. Okay. So Kevin actually got a job there. Wayne also has a job there, so. So let's hear how this goes as Wayne is Kevin's supervisor. Oh, oh, I would not like that if I were Kevin. Being bossed around by your older brother only now it's in a job setting? No, thank you. That's why I could never see myself working for a family member or even my sister and I actually both at one, one time uh, worked at Family Fair. She was a cashier. I was a bagger. I don't really think we really worked together too often, but yeah. Me? That July, I was working in my dad's furniture factory, sanding the edges off about 500,000 pieces of wood per day. Hey, Scrooge, pick up the slack, will ya? Shut up, Wayne. That's no way to talk to your supervisor. You're not my supervisor. If I'm not your supervisor, why am I wearing a jacket and a tie? Got me. Uh. In what had to rank as the dumbest career move in history, I traded my job at Chong's Chinese for a future in sawdust. Kevin, you're checking the machine after every load, right? Right, Dad. And you're being careful? Yeah, Dad. The worst part was, for some inexplicable reason, Everything my father did irritated the heck out of me. Dad, what are you doing? Checking the machine. I just told you, I checked it. I heard you. And vice versa. 
Why did you ask me in the first place? What'd you say? I didn't say anything. All right, let's just get back to work. Pay attention to what you're doing. I always pay attention. Nothing was going right. My job, my future, my family. Not to mention the last night I'd spent with my girl. So, yeah, I mean, I can understand having someone constantly breathe down your neck and constantly rechecking your work and just everything. I mean, and the, the fact that it's, you know, he's working for his dad, so that's doubly stressful, and it's putting kind of a... A hitch in their relationship. Honestly, you know how they say don't mix business with pleasure. You know, you don't date people you work with or whatever because it's really messy. Here's another thing. Don't work with your family members. I mean, if you can deal with it, great. But I would not recommend it. <laughs> so, um, Kevin's just getting frustrated because his dad is constantly, like, looking over his shoulder, rechecking his work, like I just said. And he, he's going to get, it's going to be a, get down to a boiling point where Kevin is just going to erupt and he's going to say, fuck this, fuck you, fuck this job, I'm gone. But we're not there yet. So Kevin's just saying things with his family aren't going great. Things with Winnie definitely are not going good, which sucks because they just got together, they're getting together back together in season five. Now this is at the end of season six. What the hell is going on? Oh, by the way, he quit his job at Mr. Chong's Chinese to take this position at his father's factory. So we heard the song Summertime Blues in the beginning of the episode. Now we're hearing Sealed with a Kiss while Kevin and Winnie are chatting in the car. Winnie does not look happy. Something's going on with her. What's going on? Oh, yeah, the song they're listening to, Kevin, of course, has got to say, this song is really stupid. I'm sure he's going to critique the hell out of it. I mean, what does it mean? Sealed with a kiss? What does that mean? Exactly! <laughs> What's someone going to do? Kiss an envelope? Well, pff, so what if they do? It's for good luck. That's why some girls would put perfume on their letters to their guys, so their guys would be able to remember what their girlfriend or whoever significant other smelled like. I don't know. That look at, with Winnie, her expression, she is not feeling it. She's not having it. Something is up. So, he's asking her if she really wants to do this, and at first I'm like, what? Do what? I mean, have sex? What are you talking about? No, um, she wants to take a job as a lifeguard at a resort, or like a country club. And she basically said, you know, it's good money and everything like that. Kevin, of course, always the negative Nancy, or negative Ned, whatever you want to call him, shooting down things that she wants to do. He is in no way being supportive. Of course, he doesn't want her to go because it's summertime and he wants to spend time with her and everything like that. It's like, heck to what you want. Let's talk about what I want. It's like, Kevin, you can't do that. You cannot be selfish in a relationship. It does not work. Now, you worked your ass off to eventually get back to Winnie and now you're treating her like garbage. Oh, her uncle! Okay, her uncle went through a lot of trouble to try to, you know, get her the job. So, he's just frustrated with the fact that she's going to be so far away and how inconvenient it is and everything like that. He's just, he's thinking of himself. Typical 
Typical Kevin. He's he's pretty selfish. What is the whole thing with finding yourself? Kevin, are you out of high school? He He's still got, what, another year or so left. Wait until after you graduate to find yourself. That's what it is. You go to college, you find yourself. You take a gap year, you find yourself. Truth be told, you won't really find yourself self until probably mid-twenties or even later. I mean, it's a, you know, dis discovering yourself and, you know, throw off the shackles of being an adolescent teenager and entering adulthood. So I'm going to play this clip. What he's not having is his, his bullshit speech, because this is ridiculous. And Kevin, if you're not careful, you are going to lose her again, because she's not going to put up with it. She's put up with it in the past with their relationships. And I can see, thinking back on this now, um, well, people like, I, you know, Kevin and Winnie together forever and everything, there's so much stuff on that. And I, I that's great, but you know if you've seen the show, they don't end up together. I just think that whenever Winnie is actually in a relationship with Kevin, they've been in a relationship, what, now twice? And they've broken up twice. Because whenever she's with him, it just seems like they're never happy. They're never really truly happy, but, like, they're, they're floating on contentment or something or the idea of a relationship but then it almost feels like she's into other people she only likes Kevin when she's not with him and then when she's with him it's like she's so subdued that she's looking to other guys you know with Roger and then with the, whoever the hell this guy the lifeguard dude is going to be it's just it's I mean, count on how many fingers, how many real good times that they've had together. I don't know, but I want to play this clip. This song is really stupid. I mean, what's someone going to do, kiss an envelope or something? Yeah, I guess so. Well, are you sure you want to do this? Well, it's a good job. Not being a lifeguard at some stupid resort? Kevin, my uncle went through a lot of trouble to get me this job. Besides, what's wrong with being a lifeguard? What? Nothing. Just... <laughs> You're gonna be so far away. And... Of course, what I wanted to say was how much I'd miss her. It's gonna be just... So inconvenient. Inconvenient? Whose stupid idea was this, anyway? I think it was yours. Mine. You're the one who said that we should spend the summer finding ourselves. No, I didn't say that. What I meant was we should find ourselves, but, you know, still be together. It, it, keep our space, only... Not really. Yeah, that was it in a nutshell. Kevin, do we have to argue? This is our last night together. I'll think about you every minute. And, well, putting it that way... Me too. What was I worried about? We'd think about each other every minute. I have to start looking for bathing suits. So when he brings up the whole thing about how they agreed to kind of find 
themselves this summer, and Kevin's like, yeah, I, I, I said that, but I meant more like, but doing it, like, together, not apart and everything, and just, I guess, you know, when, when you're dating and you really gotta take other people's, what's going in their life, what's going on in their life into consideration, because, you know, they're both going to be going on to being seniors. This, they're still juniors right now. So, and she says her uncle went through a lot of trouble to get her that job, which I can imagine. It's a country club. It's probably really hard to get in. Her uncle is probably a member, so I don't know what he had to do to pull some strings to get her that job. And, you know, she's not going to just dump it and say, no, I'm not going to take the job. I'll spend the summer with you. And Kevin's going to realize that. It's like, you cannot control every aspect of somebody's life just because you want to be with them every second of every day. Which, I don't know how long exactly, I mean, this is towards the end of season six. I don't know exactly how long that they've been together, so... Where I'm currently at with this season, I'm almost done with season five, and then uh, tomorrow I will be doing Double Double Date, where they do get back together at the end of the episode, so they've been together then, I'd say, for at least, if you count that to this, that's almost like a season's worth. I don't know as far as in their time how long they've been together, but anyway... You know, when he just tries to uh, make up for the moment by saying, I'll miss you, I'll think of you, I'll write you every day. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be thinking of you too. So she trying to, tries to make it more about just don't, just put it out of your head and just, you know, know that I'll be thinking of you when I'm gone. It's like, yeah. So that kind of puts Kevin, you know, back in a better mood. Now we get back to... Uh, Jack's Woodshop Factory, and the thing is, I'm kind of wondering, Kevin's never done this kind of work before, but then again, he does have kind of a hard head about him, as far as he's not good with taking directions, especially when it comes to his father, he thinks, you know, Jack is constantly on him, well, Jack's got a reputation. Think of the wood that they're using. That has got to be so expensive. You fucked that up. How much money are you losing on that piece of wood? And basically what he was doing, I think it was like sanding the edges off of a table leg. I mean, most of those people in that shop I saw walking around working on stuff were grown adults, probably in their 30s or 40s. You know, Wayne's never... I can't see Wayne operating one of those machines. I don't know. I mean, he's more like a supervisor type running around, but even that's a stretch. Um, Just basically, I think Jack gave him that job to kind of... Because, spoiler alert, if you've seen the show, you know that Wayne takes over the business. So, in a way, that was giving Wayne something to have down the road that he can run. And maybe if you think about it, maybe I'm just, I'm not giving Wayne enough credit. I mean, think about it. All we know of Wayne for the last six seasons now is he's a goof. He's a goof. He doesn't take things seriously. But we've seen a, a softer side to him when it comes to relationships with um, 
Sandy with Bonnie um, and stuff like that. And with him being rejected from the army because he has scoliosis or, or psoriasis or whatever it is. So, um, there, there is something more there. We just, we really haven't gotten to see it. So it's nice to see Wayne has some layers, but anyway, let's get back to this present scene. Things are going to come to a head real fast. As you know, that Kevin does not take direction well, especially when it comes from his father. So Jack's screaming at Kevin to pay attention, and Wayne comes up with his clipboard and, of course, his safety glasses. He looks at Kevin, he's like, safe hands make a safe factory or something like that. Like, yeah, you gotta watch your fingers. You gotta cut them off. So now we move to the diner where Kevin is with his friends, and one of them pulls out a map, so they're kind of... I think they're wanting to go on, like, a little road trip or something. Just something to make, you know, summer before senior year worthwhile. So we got Chuck, we got Paul, we got Jeff, who is played by Giovanni Ravisi. Who, I don't know him from, um, he was in The Other Sister. He was also, I think, in some episodes of Friends. I never really watched the show. He was also in um, My Two Dads, which I have the first two seasons of that show, and he, he was so young then, but, oh, he's such a cutie. I don't really like his hair like this, though. It's kind of weird and curly and all out of control. So, Chuck says they're going to drive cross-country. Well, do you have a destination in mind? Is my, I mean, yeah, sure, go for a drive, but... Have a destination. I'm sure they got a destination in mind. So Jeff's saying we're going to New or uh, New York, New Orleans. Basically, they're just they're gonna do it all. So I think what is this just a Jeff and Chuck thing? Cause Paul hasn't said anything. Is he going? And San Francisco. All right. Okay. Here's a thought. Don't they live in California? Wouldn't they be going to San Francisco first, then you go to New Orleans, and then you go to uh? New York. I, he's probably just pointing out where all they're going to head. But you'd start in San Francisco because you live in California. And don't tell me they don't live in California. We've seen it. We've seen Wayne's driver's license. We've seen license plates. We know they live in California. There's been so many clues. So Kevin's getting irritated that he's being left behind. He looks at Paul and he's like, well, I guess it's going to be just you and I this summer. And Paul looks at him because, well, <laughs> looks like it's going to be just you by yourself, Kevin, because Paul's going somewhere probably with his family. Doesn't this sound reminiscent of how I spent my summer vacation when Kevin's, like, planning what they're going to do? Like, we're going to ride bikes, we're going to camp in my backyard, and, Kev and Paul's like, uh, Kev, we got to talk. We're going to Lake Wichima, whatever, and we're going to be there for eight weeks. Like, uh, that's, like, basically the whole summer. Yeah. So, it looks like Paul's going to have to break Kevin's heart all over again. <laughs> oh, well. So, my plans for the summer had turned to carpenter's glue. At least I still had my loyal friends. We're leaving. What? We're 
driving cross country. We take off in three days. You're kidding. And we're going to New York, then New Orleans, and then San Francisco. This town is closing in on us. Great. I guess it's just me and you this summer. Yeah, except uh, I'm going to be busy with advanced summer school courses. Oh, yeah, I was going to do that too, but I decided to have a life. Terrific. What am I supposed to do now? Well, why don't you come with us? Yeah. What do you say, Kev? Oh, come on, man. We'll, we'll be on the road. Living by our wits. We'll go wherever we want to go. Do what we want to do. If we want to wake up in Kansas City, we'll wake up in Kansas City. Think about and faced with the call to the open road, the song of the highway, the lure of total irresponsibility. You're dreaming. Your parents are never going to let you go. There was really only one reply. I'm in. Well, actually, Paul is taking some advanced summer courses, which probably to get him a little bit ahead for when senior year starts. That way he can take some more classes and help him to get into, like, Harvard or Yale or whatever. Because Paul's really smart and everything. You see, I mean, I can see him definitely choosing either Harvard or Yale. And so Jeff and Chuck are kind of, like, painting this beautiful picture of just going wherever they want to go. If they want to wake up in Kansas City, they can do that. Just no rules, no parents, no nothing. Just flying by the seat of their pants, going where the road takes them. And to Kevin, that just sounds absolutely amazing. It's like, hey, count me in. And Paul being, you know, the voice of reason, it's like, you guys are nuts. Your parents are never going to let you go. But Kevin's like, no, I'm in. And, of course, at the dinner table, Jack's like, no, you're out. You are working for me. You can't just up and take off and leave whenever you want to. So, yeah, Jack's putting his foot down. But, of course, Kevin is going to, uh, he's not going to stand for that. It's like, no, I can do what I want. You're out. What do you mean? It'll be a great trip. Now, where are they going exactly? New York, New Orleans, San Francisco. San Francisco. Don't forget to put some flowers in your Look, Dad, I just don't think you understand. I mean, this trip will be good for me. I'll be out on my own. Forget it. Why? You wouldn't survive two seconds on your own. Oh, yeah? What are you going to live on? Hey, I got money saved up. And besides, we'll be living on our wits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. You know, honey... Karen's going to be flying in on the 4th of July weekend, and I thought it would be a good chance for all of us to be together. Look, there's no sense discussing this any further. You're not going, and that's final. Jeez, what was this, a family or a firing squad? Okay. See, I don't know why I asked you anyway. This is my life, and it's my decision. Okay? And I'm going to do what I have to do. So, of course, Kevin can't understand why his dad doesn't want him to go. And he's like, hey, come on, it's going to be a great trip. And, of course, Norma, being, you know, the mother, she wants to know where they're going. He's like, um, I don't know, we're going to go to New York, uh, New Orleans, uh, San Francisco. <laughs> and Jeff's like, San Francisco. And Wayne adds, don't forget to put some flowers in your hair. Like the song. Everyone knows that song. I don't even know. What is the title of this song? I'm going to look that up. Isn't it something like, Are You Coming to San Francisco or something? That can't be the title. I know that's one of the lines in the song. 
So I guess the song's just called San Francisco. It's sung by Scott McKenzie. So Kevin's kind of talking the virtues of this trip will be good for me. I'll be out on my own. And Jack just looks at Kevin like, forget it. You know, you would not last one minute on your own. Are you sure he's talking to the right son? Wouldn't that be more Wayne wouldn't last a minute on his own? I mean, what honestly has Kevin done to give Jack the impression that Kevin wouldn't be able to be out on his own? So Jack asks the obvious question, what are you going to live on? And Kevin's like, I got money saved up. I'm thinking, yeah, but how much? You know, there's gas, there's food, there's if you're going to camp, you need to pay for a spot to rent at, at a campsite and everything. Well, and, you know, the other guys got to be pooling in money and stuff. I mean, it just seems like it's on a whim type of thing. I don't think they've thought all the details out. And I love Kevin's argument of, besides, we'll be living on our wits. And, of course, that gets a laugh from Wayne. Like, you guys are teenagers, though. Your wits aren't going to take you very far. <laughs> so, Jack just shakes his head like, oh, brother, seriously, son? Uh. But Norma mentions, you know, Karen's going to be flying in because I believe, haven't gotten to it yet, but we are coming up on Karen and Michael's wedding, and I do believe they had to, he gets a job in Alaska, so that's what she's going to be flying in for. And she doesn't say anything about uh, Karen being pregnant. We don't see that until the very last scene of her being, you know, and she looks about ready to pop that baby out when we do see her. Um, and, you know, Norma's just, like, Karen's flying in, I, and basically it's just Karen by herself, no Michael, and she's like, I really think it'd be nice to have the family together for the 4th of July coming up and everything. So Jack puts his foot down, it's like, there's no sense discussing this, you're not going, and Kevin stands up, slams his fist down on the table and says, hey, this is my life, I'm gonna do what I want, and you don't have a... Any reason to say anything about it, basically. That's the thing we have learned about Kevin. Whenever he wants to make a stand about something or make his point known with finality, he always stands up and probably, like, you know, hits a play, slams the table with a fist, and just takes off. So, I mean, and Jack, I understand, you know, he's a dad. He doesn't want to see anything happen to his kid. And he just, like, it's like, I don't think you would survive out there by yourself. Just driving from town to town? I wouldn't even recommend doing that now. I sure as hell wouldn't be going out by myself just traveling. through. I mean, there are a lot of bad people in the world, guys. I mean, I'm sure there are some nice people in the world, too, but there are a lot of bad people that, that will take advantage if they can. And that's why I have, over the last few years, and definitely since, you know, Jeremy's coming to my life, I, I've guarded myself a little more as far as who I will trust. There really aren't many people out there that I will trust, especially people I don't know. So, yeah. So in the next scene, Kevin's got all his stuff, or as we think it's his stuff, which it is in a way. Um, you think he's going? It's uh, Chuck in the driver's seat. Oh god, that guy—he does not have two uh, beans to put together in his brain. Um, and Jeff, 
and they're going, Kevin is not going. It just gives you the illusion like he is, but they're like, hey, thanks for letting us use your camping stuff. You're never going to see those two again. They're going to wind up dead somewhere. Someone's going to, which is sad. I know, it's not funny, but it's just, yeah, mm, we don't see them again. <laughs> they're, they're gone. <laughs> they never made it back. They're, they probably, like, pooped out somewhere in some town in between, like, Nolans and New York. and So, Chuck and Jeff drive off, and that car looks like the biggest piece of shit next to Wayne's piece of shit vehicle. Because it keeps, like, puttering out and everything. Like, the exhaust just constantly boom. <laughs> so, Kevin's stuck at Dad's shop. Ugh, it's really wearing on him. Alright, so Kevin is on the phone talking to Winnie. Is he on a break? I bet Wayne or his dad are going to jump on it like, You're not on a break, son! This is not an official break! Get back to work! It came down to this. I'd been stranded. Buried in the blue-collar brigade. Winnie! Kevin, is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to talk to you. I really miss you. Well, I really miss you, too. You do? Of course I do. Yeah, that's what I needed. A loving voice. A sympathetic ear. How's the job? Great. It is? Well, it's pretty good. You know, there's lots to do over here. Oh. That's good. I'm really happy for you. So how are things with you? Well, you know, working for my dad is exactly... conversation between one person and another I think it might be and he's talking to her and you can see in the background Winnie we've known for six seasons Winnie is very popular with the with the guys right so of course who do we hear we hear at least a couple guys shouting Winnie's name waving to her hi Winnie hi Winnie this one guy's in the pool splashing water at her so she's getting I don't know whether she's getting her flirt on and, you know, she says, you know, I miss you and this and that. And I'm just kind of wondering, because we know what happens. She's quote-unquote met someone. We've heard this line before. Kevin, I've met someone. That should be her middle name. And, just, oh, my goodness. I, I don't know. I, I love them together. But, you know, Kevin and Winnie together and everything like that. They have their moments, but it just seems like whenever they're together, she's always looking at other guys. So, yeah. Notice how Kevin has never been the one to break off the relationship. It's always Winnie. But anyway, Winnie kind of, he's like still talking. She kind of hangs up like, hey, I got to go back to work now. Kevin hangs up the phone. He's super pissed. All of this just working in this hot factory and there's no air, probably no ventilation. He's getting super pissed and his dad comes up and Kevin is just going to, things are going to blow up. 
was just making a phone call. You're supposed to be out there working. I can't leave you for one minute. What's your problem? What was that? Dad, get off my back! What? You're on top of me every second telling me how to run my life. Do this. Don't do that. I hate this job. What's going on here? You know what your problem is? Yeah, I can't stand it here. Uh-uh. You think you're too good for this job. And that's when it happened. I looked at those guys, and all I saw was mediocrity and hard work and being chained down the rest of your life. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because maybe this job is good enough for you, but it's not good enough for me. Fine. You don't want to work here. I don't want you here. And after 17 years of living under my father's thumb... Okay. I quit. I'm out of here. So Jack comes up, sees Kevin on the phone. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I can't leave you alone for one second. And you're on the goddamn phone. And Kevin's like, I was just making a phone call. He's like, you need to be working, Kevin. I don't have time to babysit you. And Kevin finally, he's had enough. He's like, I'm tired of being told what to do, how to do, when to do it, and being told no. Kevin's like, you know what? This job, it's just... It's not for me. It's, and I think that Jack sees Kevin as thinking this job is too good for him. And Kevin's like, yeah, you're right. It is too good because, you know, it's fine for you to do this, but I don't want that for my life. Kevin sees Wayne and Jack just working away, you know, slaving their life away and just... Kevin, we've seen Kevin's work ethic. It's not the greatest. We've seen how he's constantly on the phone at Mr. Chong's Chinese Palace. We've seen how he is at other jobs with the hardware store, wanting to knock off like 15 minutes early or 20 minutes early before his shift ends. He's not a go-getter. The only thing he stuck to was when he did that painting job, which took him six weeks, but he finished it. That is the only thing that I've seen that he's done that he put any real hard work into at all like he actually you know he actually set himself to finish a job so kevin's got a shit work ethic he constantly just only wants to work as hard as he he wants to he doesn't and jack just says fine you don't want to be here i don't want you here and kevin's like fine then i quit and now Kevin is in his room, he's thrown stuff into a duffel bag or a suitcase, and he's he's like, fuck this, I'm done. I'm out of here. I don't care. He just needs to get away. And I think maybe him getting away will help clear his head. But of course, he wants to go where Winnie is. He wants to be with Winnie. He doesn't want them to be apart, and he thinks probably maybe I can get a job up the, at the resort. Her uncle had to pull strings just to get her in there. How the hell do you think you're going to get in there? You think they used to let anybody work there? You know, and the thing is, with Kevin and Jack's relationship just seems like it's always... They are so alike. They both are hard-headed. 
they are both very stubborn. They like to get what they want and everything. They don't like to be told no. But you know what? Who else is like that? Karen is like that. The only one who isn't, who seems to be kind of passive, is Wayne. I don't mean passive like he lets people take advantage of him because he doesn't. He's, you know, tough in a bully sense. But the only other time we ever saw Wayne really confront anybody is the whole thing in the, uh, one of the last episodes, Private Butthead, when he is standing up to his father saying, I'm going to take this test to join the military. Um, we're going to see it coming up in the episode when Wayne meets Bonnie, and he decides to move in with her. But the thing is, he's not going up against Jack. He's actually going to be going up against Norma. So that's going to be interesting. He's going to be standing up to her. Because, like I said, with Wayne, we, throughout the show, we've gotten more of Jack and Karen, Jack and Kevin, Norma and Karen, and Norma and Kevin. Wayne pretty much seems to be the one we haven't really gotten much of him. So, it's nice that the last couple seasons, we do get some Wayne episodes. And we get to kind of see some of the layers. You know, he's he's got a sweetness to him, but he doesn't, he doesn't really let it show too often. He has to have a certain girl that kind of brings out that sweetness. But he's got a fierceness about him, too. He's very loyal, very protective. And I know, I'm talking up Wayne. So now Norma comes in as Kevin is packing a duffel bag, and I think she's just trying to talk him out of just up and leaving, and Kevin doesn't want to hear it. You know, Norma's like, you don't have to do this, you know, you can just put that bag away, and Kevin's like, no, I have to do this, Mom. I have to find myself. What is it about? Why is it you're not even a senior yet, and you're all about finding yourself? You can't wait a year and do that in college? Find yourself in college? Find yourself during a gap year? Norma is really desperate to keep Kevin there. She's like, you know, I know that, but you can find yourself here. Well, not really. I mean, you know who you are in, in your home and in your town and everything, but I think Kevin just, he wants to prove something, that he can make it out on his own. He can survive and everything. So Norma tries to give an example of you can go into a restaurant lost and you can find yourself. I, mm, I, I trying really hard to uh, to uh, grasp what she's trying to make Kevin see here. I'm gonna play this clip because we don't get as many moments as we used to of Kevin and and Norma. Next morning, I took my life savings of 130 bucks and packed my bag. Honey, I wish you wouldn't do this. I gotta go. No, you really don't, you know. You could just put that bag away. I gotta be on my own. I gotta find myself. I know, but you can find yourself here. People don't realize it, but there's lots of places you can find yourself. I mean, you can go into a restaurant, lost, not knowing what you're doing. And all of a sudden, 
you can find yourself. It was wise and touching and kind all at once. It can happen anywhere. It came from the heart of the woman who'd loved me and raised me. And I could only think of one thing to say. Mom, I gotta get going. I'll call when I get someplace. All I knew was I was 17 and on my way. I was gone. So at the beginning of this clip, we learn Kevin has $130 saved up. Well, I mean, that could be a good haul for 1972. I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't. I don't know how far, you know, gas wasn't $3 a gallon like it is now. He wouldn't be getting very far. But Kevin's like, no, I gotta go. And he takes his stuff, packs his car, and he is on the road. I don't know why for a second after we hear, you know, him, you know, talking about, you know, leaving and everything like that, that I thought the credits were going to come off. Like, no, it can't be over yet. <laughs> like, no, it's not over yet. And Kevin is in the car. He's driving. He's feeling free and happy. Just driving uh, down a road. There's horses on the side of the road um, in a field. And it just... It's got the music blaring, life is good, the open road, it's just exciting and freeing. It's like, did you ever feel it as a teenager when you got your license and it was just you and you're just driving to drive with the radio playing and just the possibilities are endless? I, I love that. I love just listening to the radio and driving the old country roads at night and just watching as the sun's going down it's just how beautiful you know the fields are and everything you know the smell of fresh cut alfalfa you know 90s music on the radio just uh so good so kevin does tell us that he didn't take off without a plan he does have a plan as we see he is at the country club but I want to play this clip as Kevin's in the car, and it's just, oh gosh, it just makes you ready for summer, because it's summer. Today's the 21st and everything. It just feels so good. Granted, I'm not a, a young uh, kid like Kevin is and everything here, but, you know, I'm an adult with a job and responsibilities, but it just makes me feel young and crazy. Yeah, me neither. I mean, you just got in your car and you drove all this way? Well, 
happy to see me, right? Of course I'm happy to see you. I'm very happy to see you. Good. I just can't believe you're here, that's all. Yeah, well, things kind of blew up at home. I, uh, I had a fight with my dad, and I kind of quit my job. You did? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, that's awful. <laughs> well, not exactly. I mean, you know, I thought this way we could be together. And, you know, maybe I could get a job here and... Here? Well, yeah. Maybe you could put a word in for me or something. Well, maybe, but I don't really know anybody. Hi, Winnie. How you doing? See you. Cool. Hello, Winnie. Listen, Winnie, if you don't want to do this... No, of course I do. Maybe I could help. What kind of a job would you want? It doesn't matter. You know, I could be a lifeguard or a caddy or an assistant tennis coach or you name it. So the resort is called the Cascades or something, and there's a valet. Kevin's like, hey, as he drops the keys into the valet's hand, like, hey, take care of my car. And the guy just kind of scoffs, like, yeah, it's a real classic. Like, fuck off, dude. You're lucky Kevin doesn't report your ass and get you fired. So Kevin sees Winnie coming up with other... She's holding the tennis racket, so she's got to be a tennis instructor... Okay, those... Are those supposed to be kids? They look like they're college age or clear 22, 25-year-old people. You know, two guys, a girl, they're all dressed in the hippy-dippy country club wear. And Kevin calls out to Winnie, like, hey, Winnie. And she immediately... I mean, she's laughing at first, but as soon as she sees Kevin, it's like her smile just, boom, falls off her face. And she's really surprised to even see Kevin there. So she wasn't expecting him to be there. And I think in a way, it's almost like she pretends like, oh, yeah, that's crazy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. Of course. Yes. No, she's not. She, I think, wanted that time to get away from Kevin and kind of create a little bit of space. And Kevin is just so like, oh, Winnie, I'm so happy I get to see you and we'll spend, you can give me a job here and everything. And she's kind of looking at Kevin. And then he's like, oh, well, I kind of blew up at my dad and you want know, to quit my job. And she's just looking at him like, oh, fucking hell, Kevin and your goddamn drama. Ugh. And you now you want me to give you a job. Oh, my God. And she's like, oh, well, I don't really know anybody here. As we hear at least three people call up to Winnie. Hey, Winnie. And this older gentleman's, hey, Winnie, how you doing? Like, well, yeah, you clearly know people here. And she's like, well, I don't even know what kind of job you can really do. Or what do you want to do here? And he's like, I don't know. I could be a caddy or I could be a tennis instructor. You got to know something about. <laughs> you have to actually have played tennis to be an instructor. And even with the caddy, you know, he was a caddy before, I mean, but no, she ends up getting him a job as a server in, a re in um, the restaurant part of the uh, country club. And Kevin, of course, he's got a large tray filled with, whether it's plates and stuff or something, and I think he probably bashed someone in the head with that large tray. He's like, hey, watch it, get out of the way. Kevin's just got a piss-poor attitude when it comes to any type of work. It's like, you can't do that. 
You cannot have a piss poor attitude when it comes to a job. You have to have a positive attitude. I know it's fucking hard to do. Work, I work in customer service. People can be pieces of garbage. They can be assholes. But unfortunately, you just kind of suck it up and paint a smile on your face and then vent about it later. <laughs> she really does not want him there. I bet she was already with that guy. That's why she was so off-putting on the phone, and Kevin's just too terribly in love and forgiving to even really hear it in her voice. And even now, you know, she's there in the flesh, and he's not even paying attention. It's like, he's not, he's a teenage boy. He's not looking at signals of, look at her facial expression. She's not happy. She's pretending to be happy to kind of throw you off the scent. So, yeah, Kevin is uh, holding up a tray with two hands. It's got, like, uh, bread and other things on it that he's taking out to the, uh, whatchamacallit, the uh, dining room. So the, he comes out with a thing, and the guy says, you have to set these up at these tables. Kevin walks away. He doesn't sm smile or anything, and he mutters, butthead. Kevin! Mm, you cannot do that! You can't just call someone a butthead just because you're irritated and you don't like your damn job! Ugh. I want to fucking slap him right now. That guy didn't do anything. All he's doing is giving you direction. You're calling the fucking butthead. And he hears it. He says it with an earshot of, like, two feet away from the guy. I want to fire Kevin and say, you need to fucking go, okay? I don't have time to deal with your attitude. What did you say? And Kevin's like, butter. I got butter here. Like, Kevin. Mm. So the guy is kind of on this other person's case. Like, why aren't you wearing a, your tux? And the guy's like, well, it's in the cleaners right now. And it's just this this guy is totally on uh, this server's ass. Like, saying, like, you're batting zero today and blah, blah, blah. It's like. Dude, is that any way to run? I know you have a reputation being you're a resort and everything, but constantly, like, hounding your workers and everything and being on their ass 
Kevin is just like, you know, he goes up to the guy. He's like, you know, this isn't really what I saw myself doing. And the guy's, well, they're uh, digging for a septic tank if you want, if you're good with a shovel. And Kevin's like, oh, nah, I'm, I'm good here. Like, Kevin, just stop. You gotta start at the bottom to work your way up. You can't just go from lowly mailroom boy to high-end executive. You can't do that. There's uh, steps in between that you have to take. See, that's the thing with Kevin. It just feels like he feels like he is too good to get his hands dirty. Like, oh, I'm too good for this lowly job. It's like, well, sometimes you gotta take the lowly job. You're not always gonna be offered a job on a silver platter. I mean, hell, there were times I didn't want to work customer service. I didn't want to work restaurant work, but I did it because I needed a fucking paycheck. I mean, do I like factory work? Not really, but I do it because I have bills to pay, and I have a roof that I want over my head and food in my stomach. But then again, I'm an adult. Kevin isn't. He's 17. His priorities are way the fuck out of whack. So Kevin is now outside by the pool. You can see the tennis courts um, on the other side of the fence and everything. So he's just kind of walking around, checking things out. So Kevin kind of tells us that, you know, he didn't come up there to find a job. He came up to kind of see Winnie. Well, Kevin, Winnie is working. She doesn't have time for your relationship drama. And if that's the reason that you came up there, you may as well just keep on driving and go somewhere else or go home. Because you're going to screw it up where she ends up losing her job. And that would piss me off. I think she came up here to get away from you and your drama. Because you got too much drama. So he's kind of drooling over Winnie, who's hanging out as a lifeguard in the lifeguard tower. She's kind of swinging around um, a lifeguard whistle on her finger with her sunglasses on and everything. She's wearing a, um, a little gray uh, zip-up hoodie thing, and she's looking really cute. Looking really cute. Kevin, you need to be working. Your manager's going to come out there and eat your ass. So this is when this lifeguard guy, of course there's got to be a lifeguard girl and a lifeguard guy, and he... Kevin immediately gets jealous as he sees this guy hanging out there. Like, who is this guy? Why is he talking to my girlfriend? Whoa, that guy's getting too fucking close as he whispers, leans over and whispers in her ear and Winnie's got a smile on her face. Yeah. Well, I can see why she wasn't happy to see you, Kevin. So Kevin kind of decides upon himself, like, he's going to go over and investigate, check this guy out, find out why he's hanging all over his girlfriend. Oh, that's a joke, right? Yeah. I'm gonna go for a swim, okay? I'll watch the pool. And, uh, don't forget to take off your sunglasses. That's it. Yeah. Ten four. So. <laughs> this is the pool, huh? Great. A woman with a whistle. Listen, Kevin... Employees aren't really allowed around here during the day. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, 
see you tonight, right? Sure. Wait. Except the lifeguards are kind of having this meeting by the lake. And I kind of promised that I... Winnie, is it just my imagination or am I spoiling your plans or something? What are you talking about? You know, I came all the way up here to see you. And now I'm not going to see you. You know, I just feel like I'm getting in the way here. You know, it's not that. Well, then what is it? I was just really surprised to see you. And it's really busy around here. You just got to give me a chance to get used to it. Of course, the way she said it, it sounded reasonable enough. Okay, sure. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Yeah, well, you know, I gotta unpack tonight anyway. So, uh, I'll just hang out with the bus boys, okay? So when he introduces Kevin to Eric, the male lifeguard, who's going to go for a swim, and when he's like, I'll watch the pool and everything like that. And Kevin makes a joke like, hey, don't you think you'd uh, take off your sunglasses? And he's like, and the guy kind of nods to Kevin like, yeah, right. <laughs> Winnie kind of tells Kevin, like, employees really aren't allowed to be hanging out by the pool during the day. Um, Kevin is frustrated. He's like, I came all the way up here to see you, and it just seems like you're not happy to see me. And she's just like, no, it's not that. It's just I was surprised that you came up here. And... It's just like, what the fuck is that noise? Someone using a fucking weed whacker right now? Seriously, you can't wait till the week. Oh my goodness gracious, people. Anyway, um, sorry about that, guys, gals. <laughs> um, and he he he's kind of getting the impression like she really doesn't want him here, and that's what she he he does tell her that, and she's like, no, it's just you gotta, you know, you surprise me is all. You just Gotta let me get used to the idea. Red flag, red flag right there. He's your boyfriend. And you're really acting like you definitely don't want him there. Which, why would someone want their boyfriend being up there? If if they're working and that is a job, that's not time to be having relationship stuff. Like, oh, my boyfriend came up here and he wants to get a job. No, she doesn't need that on her conscience. But then she's, he's like, well, I'll see you tonight, right? And he, she's like, well, the lifeguards have a meeting down by the lake. And he's like, jeez. You know what? I'll hang out with the other bus boys then. So now Kevin is hanging out in the room with the bus boys where there's, like, a few bunk beds there. One of the guys is, um, let me look up his name. Peter Billingsley is one of the bus boys, and I think there's trivia. Okay. Um, this show was actually inspired by um the movie A Christmas Story, which had an adult narrator narrating, you know, looking back on his life. And yeah, Peter Billingsley played Ralphie, so it's kind of funny how they threw that in. Oh, here's some trivia. Kevin finds that- wait, that's not trivia. <laughs> wait, I guess it is. Kevin finds that he is not wanted and that Winnie has fallen for a lifeguard named Eric. In the episode Summer Song, Winnie, while on holiday, fell for another lifeguard called Chip. Oh, yeah. 
During the first hand when Kevin playing poker with the band, he raises the last player $20, but only puts 20 in the pot. He should have put in 40 Okay, is that more like a goof? I mean, the whole playing poker thing? Anyway, Kevin is sitting on the bottom bunk. This one guy is on the top bunk. His feet are down by Kevin's face, and he's clipping his toenails in Kevin's fucking face. That is fucking nasty. That is so gross. Don't do that. If I were Kevin, I would have gotten up and walked away. Like, that isn't... What if that got in his eye? He could be having eye damage. Peter Billingsley looks really nice in that wife, Peter. Oh. So Kevin's like, hey, do you mind moving your feet a little? He's like, no problem. And the guy moves, like, into Kevin's face. Like, his foot that he's working on with the clippers is right on Kevin's fucking shoulder. And you hear a fly buzzing. Oh. So we get some other character. I don't know what the fuck his name is. Brillo head. But uh, he's like, hey, do you guys think I look like Steve McQueen a little bit? Like, no. Who the fuck are you? Some rando? So, Kevin's like, ugh, like, ugh, these weirdos, these busboys. So he finally asks, what do you guys do around here for fun? So the Steve McQueen lookalike dude is like, oh yeah, there's lots of stuff. And, um, old Ralphie and the wife beater is like, yeah, there's a stack of dirty magazines, stuff like that. Like, stuff, not masturbating. There's a difference. Actual activity, like going out and doing something, not staying inside and tugging on your wiener. That's not the activity that Kevin really wants to do. Polka with the poker. Oh, poker. That guy's got an accent. I thought he said polka with a band. Like, a polka band? No, like playing game of poker cards. Okay. You can definitely still hear that Peter Billingsley still has a bit of a lisp. I don't think that goes away. Um... I'm going to play this clip of Kevin with these busboys, because these guys are a crazy bunch, a crazy crew. So I hung out with the guys. Hi, am I moving your feet a little? No problem. And what a crew they were. Do <coughs> you guys think I look a little like Steve McQueen? What do you think? Oh, yeah. I'm always getting you two mixed up. <coughs> Yeah, this was some fun. Kind of like living in a zoo. Hey, what are you guys doing on here for fun? There's lots of things to do. Needleman's got a pile of magazines. Is there anything else? Well, yeah, you know, there's poker with the band. But you don't want to play poker with the band. No, you definitely don't want to play poker with the band. So Kevin decides... You know, they, they kind of warm, like, hey, you don't want to play poker with the band. They're, these guys play for big stakes, a lot of money. And Kevin is not thwarted. He's like, deal me in. And he's got a really shitty hand. He asked for three. You know, he brought 130 fucking dollars up. And they're going to clean him out. You know, well, you think that anyway. And then uh, he... He kind of bluffs, I guess, and they all fold. And then it's between him and one other guy, and Kevin, you know, the guy throws in a 20, and Kevin kind of calls his bluff, like, 
I'll call a 20. The guy ends up folding, and then Kevin puts his cards down and takes... Wouldn't they ask to see his cards? So once you... I don't know really much when it comes to card games like poker and stuff. So what? They fold means they're done, they're out, so no matter what you have in your hand is still that wins? I'm confused. And I'm surprised they... So they can't ask to see his cards? Or does it not matter? But I'm going to play the clip here. I mean, he wins the pot in the end, and I don't know how much money that was, but maybe he made back more than uh, what he brought with him, so that's sweet. Brain, like, hey, yes, I won. <laughs> Screw my dad, he doesn't know anything. As we hear the song that ended the pilot episode, When a Man Loves a Woman. Interesting that they're playing this song. So it's just Kevin is just high on life, he's excited, he won a shit ton of money, and his. His smile, his happiness is going to completely drain out of him. It is going to go south really fast as he approaches the lake to see Winnie. And this breaks my heart, seeing this. So, Kevin's kind of walking. He sees a couple making out. He asks the guy, like, hey, have you seen Winnie Cooper? He's like, Winnie Cooper? Oh, yeah, she's with Eric down by the lake. 
yeah, that's a red flag. I'm like, with Eric, what the fuck? What does that mean? And Kevin's so excited, and he's still on that high of uh, that winning that pot of money that he is not putting two and two together yet. And Kevin does see them, you know, they're just kind of talking and laughing it. And Kevin's face kind of, his smile kind of slowly falls. Like he's like, why are they talking together? Why are they even together like this? And that just doesn't look like just two people just laughing and, you know, being friends, having a conversation. Like there's more there than meets the eye. Winnie, you fucking cunt! I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. My heart breaks for you, Kevin. It breaks for you so, so much. As Eric leans down to kiss Winnie, and she kind of leans her head up, leans into the kiss, because he's taller than her. She doesn't back away. She full-on cheated on him. Now twice. I would never want her back. But then again, I'm not Kevin Arnold. And Kevin's just kind of standing there watching all this go down. And we see to be continued on the bottom. So that's basically going to continue into the next episode. I'd be pissed at her. I would have not. I would have went right up there, said, what the fuck do you think you're doing, Winnie? Last time I checked, I was your boyfriend. Is that not clear? Are we not? Did you decide just to break it off and not tell me when you left? Because this is bullshit. This is utter bullshit. I'm very angry. <laughs> I'm very angry. I mean, I love Winnie and Kevin, you know, together when they're cutesy and everything like that, but it just seems it always ends in heartbreak for him. Never her! Never her! She, you, if you watch this episode, you look, she leaned into that kiss. She accepted that kiss. She didn't pull back. She wasn't hesitant. There was no doubt in her mind that she had a boyfriend. She wasn't thinking of Kevin at all. That's exactly why she was not happy to see him there. My guess is this has been kind of going on since she got up there. Yeah. Real great. What is it with her and lifeguards? First chip? Although she and Kevin weren't really, they weren't even together then, no. They didn't get to actually get together until season four. So. Oh, wait. No, wait. It was season three. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so that is the episode. I'm going to rate this as far as for the Flower Power Petal episode rating. I'm going to give it a three out of five. Um... I really, I, I like Kevin finally getting out on his own and everything like that. Um, I like Norma trying to talk Kevin into say, staying there. Um, you know, I'm honestly, you know, I'm just going to give this a 2 out of 5. I This episode, really. Kevin's piss poor attitude. I really didn't care for Jeff and uh, what's his ass, Chuck. But Kevin's piss-poor attitude with his father in the factory, the fact that he's got a piss-poor attitude when he's working at the resort, Winnie, I'm not too fucking happy with her, but of course you know that. So that was another reason. So this is a two out of five for me. Just by, just by this thing. But ne the next episode is going to be better. It's going to be better. This breaks my heart to see Kevin seeing this. She didn't even have the gall to break it off with him. 
which she should have been honest about it. If she was seeing him and she was cheating on Kevin, she should have been honest and said, I'm with somebody, I want to break it off with you. That still would have made her look bad, but this makes her look even worse because she's a, a cheating hoe. As far as her wondering words of wisdom, if your significant other, if you got, if they got plans and stuff for summer, you have to accept that they have their own lives as well. If they're going away, like when he was to a job and stuff, don't go up there and get a job to spy on them. Their business, their bosses don't need that person's drama, and just. Come on now, be a mature person. I know teenagers, they're not mature, they're very immature. They don't really think, they're not firing on all cylinders, but still, come on. But, alright, so for the 4th of July, I will be doing the Independence Day, the series finale. And then, of course, tomorrow I will be doing the double-double date, where we see Winnie and Kevin coming together again, which I'm happy about that, so... Even though their relationship seems like it's going to be very short-lived. I think it's going to last a little longer than the last time they were in a relationship. So, Alright, everyone, have a wonderful first day of summer. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I'm not going to apologize for calling Winnie a cunt. Because I'm very angry with her character right now. So, see how this goes in the next episode on the 4th of July. We will conclude. Although, like I said, the podcast is still going on, guys. We're still in Season 5. So, have a good day.